Welcome to another podcast from the BCC team. Our aim is to bring you a message that will help you live a better, more God-centered life. For more information, go to bcc.church. I want to tell you that it is such a privilege and an honor to be with you. It's great to share the word of God. It's great to be in the family of God. It's amazing that you can go to any country and you find your family there. Only God can do this. No one else. Regardless of color, culture, language, ethnicity, anything, you can find the family. Only God can do this. So... uh, I need to uh, put a disclaimer in the beginning and say, well, I'm really sorry that you're going to listen to me. And, uh, and I understand that I came last. I'm hoping I'm going to be first. Uh, but after five months, you've been five months into this series, I don't know what I can say that you haven't heard before. Okay. So uh, I'll ask of you to donate uh, 10 pounds, okay, if you hear anything new, okay? So everything new that you hear, every one of you, every one of you, you will donate 10 pounds, you know, in the mission offering, if you hear something new, or has, you know, has a twist on it. I mean, it's not going to be totally new. Come on, be fair, okay? Yeah? I want as well to encourage you very much about that you actually went about really getting into and studying kingdom. Jesus went and taught only one thing. Look, most of his parables, most of his teaching, and, and the message that he was carrying through was about kingdom. So the most important thing that you need to learn and you need to study is kingdom. There is nothing more that, if, if you heard about something called biblical theology, uh, which is different than systematic theology, it's, so it's not really like our Western way of thinking where you are looking into themes and how they are through, no, no, this is like there are certain themes in the Bible that are like there are 20, 25 major themes across the Bible, you know, and, and they are featured in every book, and the books are about it. Okay, and kingdom is from the first page till the last page. So that first uh, page that you read, and God decided to create man in his image and gave them a commission, that's a picture of the kingdom because the king is God and he decided to create you as an ambassador. And that's in his image. Then gave you a commission and gave you a way to do this. And he said, what do you need to do? Be fruitful, yes. And then, after multiply, take dominion. See, be fruitful. There are many things that you can look into that. And then that multiplies and then take dominion. Let's take that into Jesus. And Jesus is saying, everything has been given to me. Now, it starts in Genesis that God created everything. Everything has been under my submission, under my authority. Actually, that's way from the very beginning. He created all things. 
in, in the first chapter of John, it says that everything was through him and without him, nothing from what... In Colossians 1, it says that everything was made by him and for him. And he's saying, here is the thing. Everything has been given to me by my Father. Now, here is what I'm commissioning you to do. Go. Go to all nations till the end of the earth. And what do you do? You multiply, you make disciples, and you become fruitful. You heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, okay? And reproduce after your own kind. So you have to be a disciple in order to raise a disciple, yeah? And then what happens if you do that? You take dominion. Last book of the Bible, what it says? Jerusalem, the city of God, coming down. And who is on the throne? And what are you doing with him? Reigning. You're taking dominion still. The whole Bible is about the kingdom. The whole story of the Bible is about the story of a king who decided to share his kingdom. So he created people in his own image who can carry his nature if they walk with him. You see, image and nature, by the way, in the Hebrew, they have similar word. And by the way, it's the same word as kabot, which is, anyone knows? Glory. So when the Bible says that the, the, the glory of the Lord would cover the whole earth as the water covers the sea, that's the nature of God, that's the goodness of God, the love of God, the people of God, the body of Christ, covering, taking dominion over the whole earth as the water covers the sea. Do you see the bottom of the ocean? Do you know why? There is thick, kabod, thick presence, thick nature of that water. And again, the water in the Bible is Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit is dwelling in you, what will happen? The water will cover the sea. The nature of God will be displayed. Any 10 pounds still now? (laughs) Let me try harder. So, kingdom. What I'm hoping that uh, uh, through very few things that I'll be able to share uh, with you this morning, because this is a huge, huge topic, okay? What I'm saying is not even going to be an introduction, like barely scratching a surface. But I'm hoping that it will help you a bit and impart to you a radical kingdom mindset. You see, Paul is writing to uh, the Philippians, and he says, I want you to have that mind that is in Christ. And the whole thing was about kingdom and how you rule. The thing that why the Jews couldn't really realize that Jesus is the Messiah and he is the king 
it's because he came in a different way. But his method of ruling, his method of how you do kingdom, is just so counterintuitive to what we are used to. Okay? We are used to that you would be vocal, strong, bullying people so that you can get what you want. He's not like that. So what is kingdom? I'd like to give you that definition. You can accept it or refuse it. Kingdom is when you have a king ruling over a territory and the whole earth is the Lord's, yeah? And through his ruling and governance, he gives and he replicates his culture and his nature. So that you would display his nature and reflect and live by his culture. That's kingdom. Kingdom is that you are under the rulership of a king. Kingdom, king domain. And in, un, in his domain, he has a domain over those people whom actually are going to keep taking on his culture Culture is values, attitudes, motives, principles that you live by. Okay? This is why you get to know his will, his intentions. This is why you would live for his purposes, because you're convinced by his values. Okay? And you display his nature. This is why Jesus gave you authority. Authority to rule over demons and... Uh, spirits and and to to change matter, like he multiplied food. Okay, culture that he's always generous. Have you ever seen Jesus uh, making a throwing a party and there wasn't leftovers? Twelve baskets. Okay, so each one of his disciples who kind of most probably ate their food and then said, well, why don't you feed, you know, let, let them go to have some food. I said, well, you, you feed them. We ate our food. Don't tell anyone. Okay. What did he, what is the party bag that they left with? Big baskets of food. Yeah, don't worry about food. Don't worry about what you need. Because you have a good king. You have a good king. Kingdom. So as you are stepping into the kingdom, not churchianity, not Christianity, not any religious thing that you might think of, as you are stepping into the kingdom, you need to realize that there is a king, and if you want to be there, you have to be born again, I'll talk about that in, in a little bit, and you will have to adopt and live by his culture and his nature. And because you cannot do that on your own, you have to be born into the kingdom. That's not a club, you cannot buy a membership. Okay? That's not, you know, Costco and you go and have a membership. All right? That's not, uh, uh, I don't know, everyone active. And you go and have a membership. Or when you want to have a day use, you go and pay. No, no, God is not like that. The kingdom is not like that. You have to be born into the kingdom. And this is why even for 
a teacher of the law, Nicodemus, when he went to Christ, he said, well, you have to be born again. Because my kingdom only keeps citizens. And your citizenship in the kingdom of heaven, in the heavenly kingdom, is that you are dead spiritually, you have to be reborn. You cannot do it by your own work. So you go and try and stop swearing. You stop uh, looking at pornography. No. You can stop all of that if you want. You can stop smoking. You can stop whatever, drinking too much. Okay? That won't get you into the kingdom. Uh, so I'll start paying in the church. Won't get you into the kingdom. So I'll, I'll, I'll do better. I'll go to, you know, anger management classes. I'll, I'll, I'll do, you won't get into the kingdom like that. How do you get into the kingdom? By his grace. And he would birth you into his kingdom. So you become a son of God, a daughter of God, a child of God. You see, only a child remains in the house. If you're living like a slave, you're not part of the house. If you feel that you are transactional with God and you're living like a slave, you're not in the kingdom. You might be in the church, but you're not in the kingdom. The kingdom, you have to realize that this is a king. You only get into that citizenship through his grace and mercy. And when you're getting in this, you are signing up for that you would live to display his nature by his power and that you live by his culture and values, principles, for his purposes and intents. This is the kingdom of God. Nothing else. Number two, any kingdom has a king. You all know that. Was that new to anyone? Any 10 pounds? No? Okay. Ah, missed that one. Okay. Someone said it before me. So any kingdom has a king. Here is the thing about the king. Number one, the king is not voted in. The king is not a president. The king is not a prime minister. Okay? The king is not even the constitutional monarchy that we live in. The king is not voted in. The king is king whether you like it or not. And whether you submit to him or not, he is the king. The fact that you don't vote him in, that means that you cannot just choose to, well, argue with what he says. What the king says is law. So no debates. No parliament. We're not going to think about whether to accept this law or not. No amendments. You don't do amendments to his, okay? He is the sovereign ruler. Whatever he says, whatever he says, goes. You can choose not to obey. But that means you're not in the kingdom. Again, you might be in the church, but you're not in the kingdom. Mm -hmm. 
the king, when he says his word, it's not a suggestion. It's not an advice. It's not a session of therapy. Like, you know, maybe you would like to think about this. No. When the king is saying something, it's a law. The way you listen to it is different. You see, we are so foreign from that idea of kingdom and king because we are used to, you know, well, I have my rights and, uh, you know, I have my mind and uh, I should think about things and uh, agree and disagree and all of that, yes? That's the culture we live in. In the kingdom, it's totally different. In the kingdom, what he says goes. And why? Well, because that king has the right, but as well, his character really puts on you, you know, the obligation that you would obey him. So first, that he has the right. Number one, he created all things. He is the king of universe. Okay? So you don't belong to yourself. You think that. I can tell you categorically, 100%, this is the most erroneous thought that you have in your heart. You don't belong to yourself. You didn't create yourself. I have three sons. You see, my eldest, his name is Michael, didn't get six A pluses in the GCSEs or whatever you call them, okay, so that I can give birth to him. No, I chose to have a kid. With my wife, of course, I didn't do that on my own. <laughs> I hope this is not you. <laughs> if it's new, you need to go and talk to Mark or myself. I mean, this is, this is really serious, okay? All right? He didn't do anything to me. He didn't present any good stuff to me. That they, no, I gave him the existence by God's grace. Okay? So I'm really sorry. In this culture, he thinks I don't own him. Let me tell you, I do. Okay? Now here's the thing. God owns me. So God owns him. Because actually it's God who created him. When you make a computer, who owns that computer? When you make a software, who owns that software? When you make a business, when you uh, have a shop and you buy stuff, who owns those things? When you make a cake, who owns that cake? The cake owns itself. So, so as you're trying to eat the cake, the cake says, no! Excuse me? You didn't brush your teeth? Really? Honestly? No. You own the cake. You can do whatever with the cake, even if you want to put pickles. That's your right, you see? Now, here is what we do with God. He owns me, but I don't think that he owns me. So he says, Magdi, would you leave medicine? Would you follow me? They'll say, mm, you see, Lord, it's just that, uh, uh, you know, 
doesn't work like that. In a kingdom that is a king, and you belong to him. The king is Lord, Adon, Adonai, yes? And, and the closest thing that you know now of, of a Lord is the landlord, yeah? So if you are renting a flat or a house or whatever, that you are living in it doesn't mean that you own it. The landlord owns that place and owns the right for you to exist in it or not. And you can be kicked out at any time. Yeah? Let me tell you again, you don't own yourself. You're under the illusion that you do. You don't. So the fact that you don't obey God, though he owns you, is horrendous, is outrageous. The fact that you get a say in your life is his kindness. But let me tell you, with that comes a lot of responsibility. We are a culture who wants rights without responsibility. There is nothing like that. Okay, you get freedom with that responsibility. The choice that you will make will make you or break you. The choices and the decisions you make, they have consequences and you can suffer because of your decisions. So the way to walk in the kingdom is to know that there is a king. So you go to the king and say, what do I do? That I get to know that he owns the land that I'm working as a farmer in. He owns my cattle. He owns the crops. He owns my house. He owns me. He owns my kids. He is the sovereign king. I'll tell you what. If you get this idea deeply in your heart, it will transform totally the way you read the Bible and the way you live with God. It will transform your prayer life. See, Jesus was about that. And when he was asked to teach us to pray, he said, well, okay, here is what you need to know. God is king, but I want you to know even beforehand, God the king, he is your father. And he's different than any other king, and he's different than any other father. So you start like this. Our father who art in heaven. You're different. You're fr your kingdom is not from this earth. It will reign over this earth, but it's not from this earth. And you are, even the king of kings, you are my father. May your name be sanctified. That's actually the true translation to it, which is may your name be so set apart, may your person, may your character, may I know that you are so different. And when you see him as your father and that he is so different in his ruling and fatherhood, then you're saying, well, I know you're so good. I know you're so good. You're so amazing. You're so kind. You're so patient. You're so loving. So can I ask you, daddy? Let your kingdom come. Let your rule over us come. Because everyone that I can see, they need your culture. They need your nature. They need your values. They need your goodness. Let your kingdom come. 
And your will, your will, wow, your will is so good. May your will be done. And may it be done here in our hearts and amongst us in Lebanon or in Rwanda. May it be done perfectly as it is in heaven, as it is in your heart. Daddy, people don't know, but you're such an amazing father and the greatest king. You're the king of kings and you're the Lord of lords. May your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. We need it. And when I pray that prayer, he says, Son, well, accept my kingdom and go and display it. God is the king. And when we messed up the kingdom and we disobeyed God and did things wrong, that's actually basically the story of Adam, isn't it? Okay? So God, as a king, created Adam and Eve, gave them a commission, and it is about dominion, and there are ways of doing it. Be fruitful. Think about the fruit of the Spirit. Multiply. Make disciples. Okay. Be fruitful in as well what Jesus said in, in when he's saying, I'm the vine. Okay. So how do you become fruitful? Abide. Abide. Okay. Abide in me, you will be alive. Abide in my word, you will bear fruit. And then Make people after your own kind. Because you see in the narrative of Genesis, every single species reproduces after its own kind. So you don't have birds who are reproducing donkeys. Okay? The donkey turned to be a little bit too big. You know, so when tried to give birth to a donkey, didn't work. Okay? Do you understand that? You will reproduce after your own species. We make disciples by being disciples. So are you a disciple? Are you someone who's following Jesus in every single aspect of your life? Do you go and ask Jesus, Jesus, what do you think about how I'm doing my work? Are you okay with it? Are you happy with that? Jesus, how do you feel about how I'm treating my wife? Father, how do you feel about how I'm treating your daughter? Father, how do you feel about how I'm treating your son? Surely I shouldn't submit to him. I'm not his subject. Okay? That's the culture of today. The word of God. But again, you can be in the church, absolutely welcomed, but you can be in the kingdom. Way better. Way, way better. Are you getting this? The king. The king. Is so good. 
the best thing that happened to you, that can happen to you, is that you would be in his kingdom. Because here is the thing about the king. He doesn't just own everything. He takes responsibility of you. So he is your provider. He's your father and he's your provider. He takes care of you. Whatever, whatever is happening in the kingdom is under the authority of the king. Okay? Now, when you step out of the kingdom, you stepped out of his authority. And then you're saying, why is it that the enemy has power over me? Well, uh, let me think about that. Uh, most probably because you're not in the kingdom. Because anyone comes under the rulership of Jesus, Jesus is the king. What happened to the people of God as they are coming out of my country? You know, Moses said, you know, you see that army that you're so afraid of? Okay, God will fight on your behalf. And the enemies that you see now, you will never see again. Is that your experience? I'll tell you what, you cannot experience that unless you are in the kingdom. You might touch that every now and then, yeah, but you cannot live like that unless you are in the kingdom. There was this Roman centurion and he came to Jesus. This guy understood kingdom. And he said, oh, Lord, he even called him Lord. By the way, that's a capital offense. He should have been killed there and then. Only the emperor you call Lord. Because kings are lords, yeah? Lord, you don't even need to come to my house. See, I understand authority. I understand kingdom. I have people over me, and if they say something, I say yes. If they say jump, I would say how high. Yeah? And I have people under me. When I say jump, yes, sir. We don't know why we're jumping, but jump, jump, jump. So I know, I know your authority. Say a word. Say a word. And the guy that is dying in my house will live. Authority in kingdom is because of the king. In kingdom, you don't have ownership. You're a steward. And in kingdom, you cannot be independent. You submit. This is one of the concepts about kingdom, but if you get that concept, okay, it will change and transform your life. You will know that your life doesn't belong to you. Your money doesn't belong to you. Your dreams, your ambitions. I'm not saying don't have dreams, but they don't belong to you. Your future belongs to him. And even when you mess that, though he has the right for it, he said, let me save you. And he saved you. This is why Jesus, his message was, repent and get into the kingdom. Now you can choose not to repent. It's up to you. We hate this thing about repentance. Can I invite you today? Can I tell you, you need to repent? You need to repent and get in the kingdom.
You need to repent and get in the kingdom. I don't care if you think you accepted Jesus years ago or not. If you think, if God is speaking now to your heart that you're not in the kingdom, let me tell you, you need to repent and get in the kingdom of God where he is king and you are not next to him. You don't have an annex to the throne that you're sitting there. No. He's the only one on the throne. He's the only one who has the crown. He's the only one with authority. And he's the only one who deserves obedience, honor, and praise. Repent and accept the kingdom of God. This is the best, the best, the best news I can share with you. The word gospel, euangelion, was actually used mainly as well in the Bible about the coronation or the new king coming to rule. So the good news, the good news that we are actually saying to the world, guess what? Whoever is in charge of the world, and we know the world is put in the evil one, there is a new king. There is the king of kings. He was born as a king. Go back to his birth. You're going into Christmas. He was born as a king. He lived, displayed the authority and the power and the nature of God. He lived as a king. He ascended to the uh, worldly throne as a king. That's his cross. And he, and he was coronated before that, yeah? And he went to heaven. That's his heavenly kingdom. And what does the Bible says? That the Father has put everything, everything, what is seen and what is unseen, everything under his feet. That's the good news. That's the good news. Even death cannot rule over you. Death in the spirit, death in the flesh cannot rule over you because the King of glory reigns. Let me ask you to do with me a prophetic act. I think I, I'm almost done. Uh, isn't it? I don't know. Anyway. Can, uh, can you get your wallet? And for ladies, can you get your purses? Your wallet has your driving license. How you move. And you get from place to another independently. Or maybe even your bus pass, again, you see? But the Bible says, in him we move and we have our being. You have your credit cards, the money that you depend on to pay and live and eat and have leisure. Membership cards of different clubs that you're part of. You distributed yourself to different places and it might have as well your business card where you think your identity is and your value so your security the way you move your identity but if you want to come into the kingdom please get your wallet and your purse and as you're coming to the king throw your crowns at his feet and worship him.
as a king. The best thing you can do for yourself, that's if you are selfish, is to worship him as a king. But let me tell you, the right thing to do, and if you don't do it, still it is the right thing to do. And the only thing to do is that he is the king. He is the king of kings forever and ever and ever. That you would throw your crowns and worship him. Ask the king. Would you stand up with me? And if you feel that, Lord, I really, I'm really just scratching the surface of this kingdom thing. You've been talking to us for years and years, and definitely in the last five months. And I don't know what to do, but there is something that is grabbing my heart. There is something that I feel in my spirit. If you feel like that, grab your wallet or your purse, throw it at the feet of the king. Say, my identity is not in myself what I do or what I can achieve, or even my qualities or, or my gifts. My identity is I am your child. My identity is I belong to the King of Kings. I don't want to move without you and I don't want to have my independence. I don't care about that. I want to be in you and moving in you and for you and my being is because of you. And I don't want the security of the money I have. On the contrary, no. The reason I give in the kingdom is because my security is not in my money. We all love this, uh, this thing when Jesus looked at the poor woman who gave two mites. And the reason we like that part is because it's only two mites. Here is what Jesus was saying. She gave all what she had. She gave from what she needs. Can I tell you, when you give in the kingdom... You don't give tips to God. And you don't give from your surplus. And you don't only give tithes. There are tithes and offerings. It's not just, it is about God is first. And here is the thing, he is my provider. We all know about that Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. Do you remember the context? Do you remember the context? Why are you worried? Why are you fearful? God takes care of those birds God takes care of those plants. Aren't you better? In other words, do you really trust the Father who is the King? That He cares for you and He knows how to take care of you? That He is the Almighty Lord? Friends, do you trust Him? Do you trust Him as your King? Do you trust your father if you feel a little bit inside of you that no I'm, I'm not really up to that place repent just repent and I know you, we cannot manufacture repentance but the Holy Spirit would help you if you choose to repent there is grace because you cannot do this life I cannot do this life I cannot live this life it's his spirit in me Paul said it's him in me 
And if you feel with me that, throw your wallet at his feet. Don't worry, no one will pick up your wallet. Okay? And say, Lord, I throw my crowns. I throw the things that I lived by and depended on. And I choose today to live in your kingdom as you are king, sovereign Lord over me. You own everything. My time, my effort, my dreams, my ambitions, my house, everything about me. Even my kids. My kids are not mine, they're yours. Have your way. Have your way. And I want to live by your values and I want to live for your purposes and I want to live by your power not by mine through your powers through your crowns and welcome the king to reign over your heart